Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Never Too Late to Fly podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline. And I'm Kevin. Together, we're going to dive into different topics around weight loss, body image, relationships with food, and how to overcome life's everyday struggles and challenges so we can all live our best lives possible. Remember, it's It's never never too late late to fly. fly. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. This is episode 37. On Saturday, Jacqueline just had her birthday, and we wanted to expand and share a little bit about how her birthday went, especially with regards to uh, her binge eating disorder and how the whole day with food and the relationship with food and all of that. So we thought this would be a perfect episode to kind of expand on those few topics. Exactly. So I get asked a lot about how my recovery with an eating disorder is going, and Honestly, I feel like I've made such great progress, but it's still difficult. And I feel like I really started recovery here right when I joined WW back in October. Like that's really when we went full blown eating disorder recovery with my therapist. And I feel like then it was like smack into the holidays and then it was New Year's and then here it was Valentine's Day and then my birthday. So I've definitely had my fair share of challenges, I would say, right from the get-go. But what I feel like I'm most focused on right now are the small changes that I am making and the positive changes that I'm making. And that's what I like to focus on. So even though I'm still in like the very early stages of recovery, I feel like I've already made tremendous progress in this area. So when it came to my birthday, I kind of went into it like, a week or two before my birthday hit and I told Kevin, I told my parents, I told my sister because they're the only people we're seeing right now is when my birthday comes, I'm not making it around food. I'm not revolving it around food. And I think this was the first time I've very much been vocal about my wants, my needs, especially when it comes to recovery. And I think that's a huge part of you having uh, growth and having success with what's going on is not only preparing yourself for what's ahead, but also sharing it with others and saying, this is what I need from you. And that is, I think, the number one thing I need to work on is setting those boundaries and not in a negative way or trying to like scold people because it's I'm educating myself as I go through recovery but it's educating those around you as what you need or want or expect from them because they don't know either. And so I think by putting those boundaries in place, letting people know this is what to expect, this is what I'm working on, this is what I need from you, it kind of started the tone of me not having so much anxiety leading up to my birthday. But then once that day came... Everybody else knew what to expect at that point. Everyone was on the same page with it because... It started off because my birthday was on a Saturday, which it hasn't been in a while. Usually I'm at work, but it started off as, well, what do you want to do for breakfast? Do you want a special lunch? Do you want something for dinner? Do you want a special dessert? And it started revolving around food pretty quickly, which is typical for my family, I would say. Um, And so it's definitely something I had to kind of put the brakes on and kind of take that control again. So I think that in terms of recovery was, like Kevin said, a huge step in the right direction and a huge growth for me to kind of put those boundaries in place to kind of help set myself up for success. Right. I think like you just said right there, it's setting yourself up for success, but also setting 
uh, like kind of some expectations for other people so that they see it as a success as well. It's not kind of catching them off guard day of like, oh, I don't want it to be about food. Like you laid that groundwork leading up to your birthday. It didn't, it wasn't just all of a sudden, okay, now it's not about food. I'm not going to have all of this, these things go on. It, it was, it was, this is how it's going to go. This is how it's going to play out. And this is why we're doing what we're doing. Right. In the past, I feel like I would be someone who didn't put those boundaries in place because First of all, I wasn't really aware that I had an eating disorder or what was going on. And I had all these anxieties kind of leading up to food, whether it was holidays or my birthday and family unintentionally making those holidays or celebrations about food. And it would give me such anxiety that either A, I would completely restrict and not eat or do anything because I was so overwhelmed or it would be B and I would just eat everything in sight because that's what I thought was expected of me and what I should be doing. Because it's in your, when it's your birthday, you should be eating cake. When it's your birthday, you should be enjoying yourself or celebrating with food. And it was never like that middle ground or that balance of not revolving it around food. And I think right there's the, the other important thing to point out is if you don't struggle with an eating disorder, you don't realize how upsetting and triggering and all of these things it can be for someone who does have an eating disorder. You think, okay, what's for breakfast? You eat a normal amount of breakfast, you move on. You, okay, what's for lunch? You eat a normal bre- lunch, you move on. It's not this whole all or nothing and eating yourself until you become sick from eating so much. And that whole mental struggle that goes all- along with the eating disorder, unless you're actually living that, I don't think someone as an outsider really truly understands what's going on in your head. I had so many people ask me to, whether friends text or, you know, parents at the school, we work out asking questions about, oh, what are you doing for your birthday? Do you have any special plans? Do you have anything? And it was like kind of like a celebration. Like they were curious what I had planned, but what they don't see is how for weeks, even months leading up to my birthday, it was that fear and anxiety of, not just like another year older, like some people may have. It's that anxiety of what am I going to eat? What am I not going to eat? How am I going to feel if I eat this? What if I eat this? Am I going to gain weight? Am I not going to gain weight? How am I going to feel? Like all those huge anxieties around food where it's like, I didn't even care it was my birthday. I was just trying to focus and kind of get through the day because I had so much anxiety leading up to the food I was either going to eat or not eat. And I think that's what Kevin said. Unless you're dealing with it, it's very hard to describe to someone like, yeah, I'm excited for my birthday, but like, I'm so anxious about everything else that goes on with it. And so it was definitely something I was aware of. And I really was writing in my journal and saying, what fears do I have? What anxieties am I feeling? And it was a lot of it was fear of this thought of what should I be doing? And I think I had in my head, there should be a typical way that you should navigate your birthday because I'm a very logical thinker. So I I thought in my head, there's a certain way that you should go about your birthday and handling your birthday. So I had this fear of, am I doing the right thing? Is this the right choice? Should I be doing this? Should I not be doing this? Should I eat this? Should I not eat that? And it was kind of, I had to really focus on there's no right or wrong when it comes to recovery. Like I had to throw that idea out and think what is best for me in this moment. And so I think that's why it took that first step of setting those boundaries, not making the day about food. 
Well, I think the big thing with that too is like you had just said, you have to compare yourself and uh, what is should I do is comparing what should I do for myself, not what are the expectations of other people. Like, is that what's like, you shouldn't be comparing yourself to those other people. We've talked about this so much right. on the podcast. You have to do what's best for you and what you should do is unique to you. And ultimately, I think that's what it boils down to is, and we've talked about this in many, many episodes, is is you have to do what's best for you because the only person you should be comparing yourself to is yourself. Right. And I think going into something like this, you can have it completely planned out. Like I kind of had the day planned out of what I was going to eat, what we were going to do, but then things can change. And I think having that plan is so important like I did for myself because it kind of lessened all those anxieties I was feeling. But at the same time, I had to be okay with how do I feel in this moment? Do I actually feel like eating this? Do I want this? Do I want more of this? Am I still hungry? Am I not hungry? All that kind of happens in real time that you can't always 100% plan out. And I think that was part of what helped me kind of prepare was really figuring out like what is best for me right now, but then also day of really tuning back in and saying, what do I need right now in this moment? Well, I think too, that's where I think you feel like you had so, so, so much success is you did a great job of throughout the day assessing, okay, where am I feeling about this? How am I feeling about that? Am I eating this because it's in front of me or eating this because I want it? And doing a, a great job of adjusting on the fly to make sure that what you were doing was what you actually wanted to do. Right. And I think number one tip I have to say through all of this that helped so much was being vocal, honest, and upfront with my family for what I needed that day to help me manage. I think I haven't done that like ever. <laughs> I well, don't think. Exactly. Yes. Um, I'm very good with like Kevin when it's just the two of us and kind of saying, I'm struggling or I can't eat this food right now. Or even if it comes down to I need to do a workout because I'm feeling this way, like everything, it's like it's easier when it's the two of us. But I feel like because I put so much pressure to like be a people pleaser all the time, it's hard for me to then vocalize what I need because I don't want to disappoint or upset others and their expectations or what they want for the day as well. But I think too, it, it, again, it goes to show the growth that you've made and the progress that you've made um, by being able to be open and vocal and share that and be upfront and say, hey, this is what I need to do today because this is what's going to help me feel successful. And by you helping me, it's going to help me. Right. And I think I was so nervous because it started, like it started, my mom was asking, my sister was asking, and I have to remind myself People don't know how damaging or hurtful or harmful their words are, especially if they're not doing anything to hurt you. But if it's triggering or if it's hard or if it, you're having a hard time with it, they don't know unless you speak up and let them know. And I think I was getting frustrated because I was like, why do they keep asking me what food I want to eat? Why are they turning this into food? Don't they know I'm recovering? Don't they know this is hard for me? And I think that's where it's like, I'm the one, like my therapist tells me all the time, who has to be vocal and speak up and set those boundaries. And it doesn't have to be in a negative way. It doesn't have to be you attacking them and saying, well, shouldn't you know? Don't you know better? But in a way where it's like, I'm struggling with 
X, Y, and Z. This is kind of what I need from you to help me because I'm having a lot of fear and anxiety around food. And it's not like anyone took it negatively. No one got upset. But I think especially the people who love you, they want what's best for you. Absolutely. And they can't help you if you don't let them know what you need. If you don't share what you need to be helped. And so I think that's where I've seen, like Kevin even mentioned, like that most growth is actually putting like those boundaries in place and being more vocal with what I need. I think it's you putting yourself first enough to say, in order for me to continue to grow, this is what I need to do. And I think it's actually putting that into action and saying, if I'm going to continue to make progress and going to continue to grow, these are the things I need to put out there to other people so that they can help me instead of staying in my way. Right. And I think it's that classic case of, you can't help someone if they don't know how to help you. Like, yes, you have to be able to help yourself and be able to do it for yourself. But in terms of any sort of recovery, if you there's certain expectations that you need from people, they can't read your mind. They're not mind readers. They don't know. And it's like, I feel like I'm doing so much work with my therapist, but my family's not. They don't know everything that I'm working on. So it's like, I have to be able to share in a way so I can keep recovering and moving forward. Well, I think, you, like you said, to do it from a place of not attacking them that what they're doing is wrong when they don't know what they're doing, mm-hmm. it's coming from a positive place and, and making it so that, like, let me help you help me kind of thing. Exactly. And I think that put, like, not just for birthday, but that I think helped open their eyes to, like, recovery in general what I'm going through. So it wasn't just something that helped day of for my birthday. It's just going forward. But it was like that teaching moment of them being like, oh, she's severely more sensitive or whatever to food and maybe open their eyes to thinking we really need to watch how we talk about things, how so it can help you not just, like I said, on my birthday, but continuing to move forward. Right. Well, I think too, and it's not just about you're super sensitive and can't talk about it. It's about just dealing with it in a way that it's helping you grow instead of pushing you back down the hill. Because recovery, like I've learned, I feel like once I found out I had an eating disorder, I was like, okay, let's do this. And overnight I wanted to be recovered. (laughs) But especially now learning, it takes a long time. It's going to have to be something that you're going to need extra love and support as you go through it. So the more you can share and be open and honest with the ones you love, I think that's a huge first step that I'm working on that's truly helping that whole recovery process. Right. And I think right along with that, I think you have the same time you, you're sometimes you're you have to take a few steps backwards in order to kind of take a few more steps forward again mm-hmm. and to continue to make progress. Like you learn what doesn't work and to help you learn what does work. Right. And reminding myself just because one day might be great with something doesn't mean you're never going to struggle with that again. And I think that kind of brings me to the next part of like how my birthday went is like actually the food. And there's like this pizza place in San Francisco that's my favorite. And so I was like, I never get to have it because we work the hours like with COVID and everything was closed. Like, 
I just want a really good, they have a really good margarita pizza. That's like my favorite thing in the world. And so I was like, I want to get that for my birthday. Pick it up, go eat it at home. And I made my own birthday cake. This is what I want to do. And I think day of, I had the anxieties of, should I really be doing this? Should I eat this? What is it going to do to me? Am I going to gain all my weight back? I shouldn't be eating this. And I kind of did a good job at kind of silencing those voices because that's definitely something I'm working on. But when it came to actually being able to like sit down and eat, it didn't feel like this complete, I have to eat all this pizza because I don't know when I'm going to have it again. Or I'm going to eat this whole cake because I'm never going to allow myself to have it again. And I think that comes back to that relationship with food that I've been working on from day one in recovery, reminding myself there's no good and bad food. There's not this need to binge and restrict where I completely restrict myself from eating all of these foods that are considered bad. And then the moment I'm allowed to have it again, I completely just start binging on it because I don't know when I'm going to allow myself to have it again. That thought of needing to eat all the pizza until I'm sick was not there. And it was such a weird feeling because I was actually able to eat it and enjoy it, listen to my hunger cues and stop when I was satisfied and I was done. And I think in the moment of eating it, it was like a new sensation or something I haven't felt before where it's like I'm enjoying food that I would normally consider as bad or I shouldn't be eating and not stuffing myself full of it and eating all of the pizza, but actually eating enough where I was satisfied and stopping, I think is that huge, another huge growth that I've felt proud of myself for because it's not something I'm completely restricting. So then I feel like I completely have to binge out on. No, absolutely. I think that's a huge step in the right direction and why you've been able to make the progress you've been able to make is because you are allowing and your program that you're following with Weight Watchers is allowing you to have that freedom to, if there's something that you want, plug it in, but it doesn't have to be tracked 100% exactly. Like you can only have this many calories or you're, it's out of play or whatever. Like you're allowed to have that freedom within limits again, to be able to have pizza, Mm -hmm. to be able to have cake, to be able to have whatever it is that you want there's a way to make it work. And I think it's definitely starts with changing that relationship you have with food, changing the way you view things as good and bad or healthy or unhealthy, or that thought that I have all the time is, and I hate this word, but I'm going to say it because I'm fat or overweight, I shouldn't be eating this. And I think it's changing those thoughts where it's like, it's not pizza's bad, It's the way I was eating 10 pizzas and stuffing my face and getting sick to a point of throwing up. That's bad. That's that unhealthy relationship with food. It's not the pizza. It's the relationship I had with pizza. That's what needs changed. And reminding myself of food doesn't have control over me. I have control of what I'm eating. I have control of what I'm choosing to eat. And I think that whole thought process of not eating till I get sick because I never know when I'm going to allow myself to have it again allowed me to actually enjoy food and not stress over it as much or not eat more than I wanted just because it was there. 
Right. And I think, again, that's that's the huge growth that you've been able to make. Are you completely recovered from your binge eating disorder? Absolutely not. No. But I think that that's the steps in the right direction that you need to be taking and that you are constantly taking because you're aware of it and you're working on it. And it's one of those things where I'm so proud of that growth and that progress on how I felt and how I was able to enjoy the pizza and cake without feeling completely off. But I definitely still had those negative thoughts creeping in my head a little bit. It wasn't just like, I'm completely over it. I have this great relationship with food. But it's that step in the right direction that gives me hope that we're moving in that right direction. It's constantly reminding myself, this is not bad. You're not bad because you're eating it. This is not bad food. Like, And just repeating those things over and over so they actually sink in. And being in the moment and actually enjoying what you're doing and not feeling so worried about this is bad for me. This is not good for me. When am I going to eat this again? I have to eat all of it. And actually just enjoying the pizza in the moment because that's what you're choosing to do. Yeah, I think watching you be able to kind of let go of some of that anxiety in the moment, I think was one of the, it was one of the first times I've seen you really do that. Um, and it makes me incredibly proud to see you making that progress and to be able to have that happiness without all of that outward, visible stress and anxiety surrounding food. It, it, it's definitely a weird shift because in the past, like I said, I would have gotten the pizza, gotten maybe two because they are a smaller one, stuffed myself full to eat both of them. And then, no joke, the rest of the night, I would probably be crying myself to sleep. Like, in bed, crying, completely regretting every single thing I did. Or I would then go drive through and get french fries. Or go then drive through and get an ice cream cone. Or then, like, just keep adding on. Because that guilt of, I already did something bad. Let me just keep being bad then. And get all these foods I never allow myself to eat. And eat them all right now. Because I'm already screwed anyway. I already made a bad choice, might as well keep going. Well, I think, too, the not only were you physically struggling at that point, mentally you were struggling just as much, if not more, with, oh, I ate this, so now I can continue on and mm-hmm. stuff more in, and what else can I eat besides this because I've already mm-hmm. ruined my progress. So I think it, it's you weren't only mentally struggling with it, physically you were as well. Right, and it was one of those things where then it was like, I have to not eat then the next day or go do 10 hours in the gym to make up for it. And just that switch of not feeling that way, still having a little bit of that guilt, because I think that's going to take a while for that to completely go away, but not feeling that need of I'm doing something bad or the complete opposite of, well, now I've already done something bad. Let me just keep going for those thoughts to kind of be more silent. I think they're there, but you're not acting on them. Right. Like, I feel like they're there and I'm aware of them. But I'm actively choosing to ignore them and to listen to the thoughts of food is not bad, changing that relationship I have with it, knowing that I'm not doing anything wrong and listening to kind of those voices more. Because it's like Kevin said, it's not like they went away. I still had anxiety when I was eating pizza. I still had the small thought of, should I really be doing this in my head? But I think that's a natural part of recovery. Like it's not going to just be an overnight thing. And that's what I said in the beginning, it's making those little, like focusing on those little steps forward that we're making in any aspect of life 
and not focusing on how far you still have to go, but how far you've already come. And I think that's the biggest thing that I'm working on is, yes, I still have a long way to go in terms of recovery, but the steps I'm making forward are huge. And I'm so proud of that progress and seeing that progress keeps me encouraged to then keep moving forward. Right. I think that's kind of like that snowball effect. The the more progress you see, the more you're one going to keep want to add on to that progress and continue to make make that growth and make those changes. And like I said, the biggest step in the beginning was being open and honest with your loved ones. I would say the second biggest change or step, like the next step is really changing that mental thought process of that relationship that we have with food. And that's, I feel like the part of recovery where it's hard because those mental changes and thoughts are the hardest to kind of get rid of or work on. But I think in terms of growth and recovery, those are the small switches or the tweaks that we have to kind of make is the way we view food, the way we think about food, the way we think about ourselves when we eat foods and that moral code that we put on food as being good or bad. And really kind of changing that thought process, I think, is the number two in this I think you could argue even before you can be open and honest with your family, you've got to start changing that relationship with food. I mean, they kind of both are hand in hand to make the progress. And I think you kind of have to do both of them at the same time. And I think that's where you've been able to make kind of some big progress quickly, relatively quickly, is being able to work on multiple things all Mm -hmm. at once. I think working on the thought process of food in general and then figuring out what you need or what specifically works for you and then to be able to share that with others. It definitely goes hand in hand like Kevin was saying. And I think those are the two really big important steps that I'm working on specifically in terms of my own recovery that's kind of making the most progress or the changes that I'm seeing with my growth and recovery and being able to kind of kick this eating disorder to the curb. No, I, I, I think like you said, when you make both of those things a priority and you're working on both of them act- actively, I think that's where you can make a huge growth leap all at once because not only are you working on it yourself, you're having other people help you right. along the way. And it may sound redundant, but the more you just keep telling yourself over and over and over again, that food is not bad. It's the relationship you have with food and that's what you're trying to work on. I feel like that is so helpful to me. And it's telling myself, remember, the pizza is not bad. It's the way you think about pizza. It's the way you act about pizza. It's the way how much pizza you're eating, where you're eating till you get sick and then completely restricting yourself again. That's what's unhealthy. It's not the pizza. I think that helped kind of lessen those negative thoughts while I was enjoying pizza and kind of bring to the forefront It's not pizza. It's how I feel. And I'm working on that. And it kind of helped that negativity kind of go away and help me focus on kind of enjoying in the moment, not just because it was my birthday, but in general, being able to enjoy those foods without so much guilt. No, absolutely. I think that that's that's exactly what you've been trying to do. So to be able to make that progress and especially on your birthday, I think it makes it that much more sweet and more special Mm -hmm. that it was able to to make those big jumps and those big leaps forward. And I think what was crazy is this year was the first time in a long time, years probably, that I've allowed myself to have a piece of my own birthday cake. Like I either wouldn't have it 
or I would get like ice cream instead. But there was something about, I don't know what it was in my head, but like having a slice of cake for whatever reason, I thought that's bad. I can't do it. So I would have ice cream or I would have a cookie or I would have a donut on my birthday, but never cake. And so this year to actually say, you know what, I'm going to have a birthday cake. I'm going to make it myself. I'm going to have a slice of it. It That I think showed huge growth just in that act because it was something I never allowed, allowed myself to, to do. Yeah. Ever. I mean, that's a, that's a huge growth to be able to say, I'm going to bake my birthday cake and I'm going to eat it. Like... I could bake my cake and eat it too. Exactly. Like, But it, what was so amazing about it is I had a slice of cake and I was completely satisfied. I didn't have that need to then keep thinking, well, I need more. That wasn't enough. Now I need to eat more because tomorrow is not my birthday and I'm not going to eat cake anymore. So I have to stuff in as much as I can. I had a slice with my family and I forgot about it. Like I moved on and that's crazy to me. Like. There was still a little bit of anxiety and guilt and, you know, this morning when I woke up or a little bit after I ate it, but not enough where it made me completely ruin the rest of your day or the exactly. rest of or make the next then day. Or... Un- more unhealthy choices because of it. And that's what I'm choosing to focus on because that is huge growth. So don't think no matter what you're doing, that's such a small thing that you shouldn't celebrate it. Every small victory even allowing yourself to have a slice of cake is a victory. Like, and some people may think about this, or if I post a picture of it, might think you shouldn't be having cake when you're trying to lose weight. But that that that's the whole point in me sharing my story is you never know what someone's going through. You don't know how much strength and courage it actually took me to actually eat that piece of cake. So I think that's why it's so important to really do what's best for you because no one else might understand what you're going through and that's fine. It's not meant for them. It's meant for you. And some people having the slice of cake is huge growth and not eating the whole slice of cake is growth. So it's focusing on you and what is right for you. And for me, it was actually what actually is helping me in my recovery. Even my weight loss is eating the piece of cake without guilt. Like that's, I think you just said it perfectly. What work, what one person's working on isn't necessarily what somebody else is working on. And what you're working on is having that piece of cake without the guilt, without the shame, without the, the, the tailspin to follow because you ate the cake. And by making the progress you're making, it's sharing those small victories and, and celebrating those small victories. I think there's one little thing I did want to bring up is it's another thing that's hard for me. It's this thought of, because it's my birthday, I have to eat this or I have to do this. And it's hard to explain, but just because it's your birthday, if you don't want pizza, if you choose you want to cook at home and have a, a cooked meal at home and not have cake because that's your choice and what you want to do, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I feel like there's this need to... There's certain expectations, whether it's the holidays, birthdays, whatever it is, that, oh, it's your birthday, you should eat cake. Or it's your birthday, you should go out and indulge and binge out on food because you're that's your right because it's your birthday. But at the same time, if you don't want to do that, like honestly, like you're being completely honest with yourself, you do not want that piece of cake or you want to do a workout on your birthday or you want a salad and whatever it is for dinner. 
that's okay too. I don't think just because it's your birthday or a holiday or whatever it is, a random Tuesday, if everyone else is eating cake or expects you to eat cake or wants you to eat cake, if you don't want to, you don't have to. And I think that's another thing I'm working on as well. And that's that whole part of trying to please others or doing what you think others want you to do. Because for a long time, I think that was something where I didn't put myself first all the time because I was trying to please others. And that included when it came to food, too, because it's you're expected to do certain things. Right. I think I... I Yes. <laughs> yeah. I I, 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 I don't know felt- how else to verbalize that. Like, I think that's exactly it. Like, like we kind of touched on a little bit at the beginning was it, it ultimately boils down to you have to do what's best for you. And if you genuinely want whatever it is, go have it. If you genuinely don't want pizza, you genuinely don't want cake, don't have it. If you do, Go enjoy it. Right. I, and I think it was just something important that was kind of sitting funny with me that I wanted to bring up is this this need to eat something even if you don't want to. Like if it doesn't sound good to you and you're just going to eat it because, I feel like that's something I'm also working on. So it was important for me to kind of bring that up. No, absolutely. Well. And I think, again, that's someone who is struggling with an eating disorder and, and not only battling themselves – battling what those opinions of other people are. And it's finding a balance of doing what's best for you at the same time, keeping other people in mind, but not just flowing on a whim of what everybody else wants me to do. Exactly. And I think what my biggest suggestion would be if anyone is struggling with either eating, not eating, birthday coming up, anything like that is to really sit. And I, I say this all the time, But it's really take some time for you and sit down and write in a journal, write in a journal. What are your anxieties? What are your fears? What are your expectations? What do you think others want from you? What do you want from yourself? Really be honest and open with yourself in your journal and write down everything. And then also, if you choose not to eat something, like I said, let's say you choose to have a salad for your birthday instead of pizza. When you're eating that salad, write down why did you choose salad? What made you feel like that? Is that what you really want? Is it really satisfying you? Really get deep. And I know this sounds like a lot, but this is honestly the thought process that's helping me kind of change these ways I'm thinking is really getting deep and figuring out why you're making the choices you are or why you're not making the other choice and really getting honest with yourself And coming to the conclusion of either, yes, I'm happy and I'm proud of myself because I made this decision, or you know what, I really wanted to make the other decision, but I thought that this was better, no matter what it is, and really kind of getting deep into how you feel when you're eating that food, how do you feel if you didn't eat that food, and all the kind of anxieties that come up before and after and really getting deep and figuring out what those thoughts are so you can kind of get them out. And for me, I can get them out and I can completely bring that book to my therapist, screenshot it if I have to, email her and say, this is what was going on. Can we talk about it? Can you help me? Because this was my thought process. And I do that. I sit there and I'm like, okay, well, this is what happened. Here are my notes on it. And we're really able to go deep into what is happening in my mind to make the tweaks and the changes that are specific to me 
and my disordered way of dealing kind of with food. So I think if you can, and if you're willing and able to sit down and be honest with yourself, that's a huge step that I would definitely recommend everyone taking. No, that's, that's, that's super key is being open and honest with yourself, like you said, in those moments. And I think, like you said, actually sitting down and writing those thoughts out, I think goes a long way into actually kind of peeling those layers back of protection and wall that you've put up and actually putting those emotions and those feelings out there to be able to challenge and overcome those struggles. Sometimes I'll be sitting and writing in my journal and I'm like, I'm so embarrassed to be writing this that I'm struggling with this or that I'm dealing with this. Like no one else is ever going to see this, but I'm like, I I feel like that weird, like this is embarrassing that I'm still struggling with this or feeling this way, but you have to get that out. Like sometimes I'll even tell my therapist something and I'll laugh while I'm telling her because I know how it sounds. But it's genuinely something that like in that moment, that's what you were struggling struggling with. with. And it could be something where I'm like, I know I shouldn't feel this way, but I do. And that's what she says. It's not anything to be ashamed of. It's not anything. That's what's happening. That's why we have to fix it. Like, that's why we're working on it. So it's never anything to be ashamed, embarrassed. It's getting it out. So sometimes it's just getting it out so it can leave your body, leave your mind and flutter away because we don't need that negativity. So I think for me, my overall number one recovery tip is to really be mindful, mindful of the choices and the decisions that you're making and why you're making them and really changing that relationship you have with yourself and with food and setting those boundaries in place with your loved ones of what you need on either that special day, your birthday, the holiday, whatever it is, so that they kind of can help you and support you. So it's not as challenging for you. Right. And I think too, I think the other way to wrap this kind of up is to say that your birthday was kind of a bow on the top of you kind of realizing some of these changes and seeing these changes and the work that you've been putting in kind of come to life and be Mm -hmm. visible right in front of you and be able to see, okay, I am making progress and to feel that, that positive uh, energy and mood and and all of that that was surrounded by the way that you handled that food and that anxiety and all of like those feelings and emotions surrounding food um, for your birthday. Definitely. I think day to day, sometimes it doesn't feel like any changes are happening. Same could be said with weight loss. But then when you take a step back and you can definitely see how far you've come, even though it might not seem like it every day, like big picture, like if you just keep going and moving forward, you're going to see progress and growth. And I think those are the moments, like Kevin said, on my birthday where I was able to step back and say, you know what? I didn't think I had come this far, but look how far I've actually come. So I think with that, we'd like to wrap this up and thank everybody who took the time to listen to our episode. If you could also take the time to rate, review and subscribe wherever it is that you get podcasts, that would help us out tremendously. And if there's one other way you could help us out, that would be to recommend our podcast to somebody you think might find value from listening to us. Um, That would help us out tremendously. And with that, we'd also like to remind you, it's it's never never too late late to fly. fly.